Welcome to the Autism Grown Up Podcast, a podcast to help you wherever you are to begin with adulthood in mind. I'm Dr. Tara Regan, an autism researcher, coach, and big sister to two adult brothers on the autism spectrum. For the last 10 years, I've helped people on the autism spectrum, their families and professionals from around the world navigate their day-to-day lives and work. And in that time, I've watched countless smart, brave, and capable people feel overwhelmed, underprepared, and totally stressed out by the cliff after high school. I believe that we can build our own bridges to adulthood and that you don't have to settle for just getting by. That's why each week I'm here to help guide and support you as you create or help create a life and work experience that actually nurtures and develops your potential and the autistic adult in your life's potential. So knowing yourself, strategies, and support. Thanks for listening. Today I'm going to be talking a bit about just something that happened to me and my family just recently this weekend. So maybe I'll be able to do more of these in the future. Just let me know if you like this episode after we get through it, after I get through it, and um, we can go on from there. But I thought this is important, especially thinking that this is April. Autism Awareness and Acceptance Month, where we are talking about ways to spread the word about autism, to increase awareness, to increase acceptance and understanding, inclusion, all of those really important things that we deem to be helpful for the autism community, to get the word out there. Yeah, all of those things, really as siblings, as self-advocates, as parents, family members, professionals in this community, we also need to think about what it means to people outside of that, outside of that bubble, because I've become painfully aware again that it is a bubble that we are living in, and I'm sure you all feel this in variety of ways in your lives and the communities you live in and it just needs to be talked about more often about how people can be so just ununderstanding that's a word or unex- unaccepting or just are judgmental towards people on the spectrum just in everyday life think we get a lot of news stories about terrible treatment of students on the spectrum like I see too many of those stories on my newsfeed and people will be like oh no I would never do that but like that's the hor- that's horrible things that should never happen and I agree people should never do those things but there are a lot of these insidious things that build up over time that actually people don't think that they're doing they're actually making us and I mean just our family members I would say us as autism community, but specifically autistic individuals become and feel marginalized. So I'm going to share a bit of something that really sparked that thought in me yesterday. And I was like, I just need to get on here and talk a little bit about it. And let's just jump in, right? (laughs) So I don't really have any actionable things from here, but just some things to think about. And I would love to hear what your experiences have been with this and how you've tackled this as an issue and ways that we can work 
as a community to continue to have these type of conversations with people who are outside of it. All right, so I'm going to paint the picture here of what happened yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. I'm recording this on a Monday, and you all will be hearing this today on Tuesday. So it's very real, very raw. Um, so I've had some time to think it over. So um, you'll hear some passion behind this, but I've had some time to think this over and really be able to put some words together for what actually happened. So here we go. I just keep building it up, don't I? But here it is. So I live, I'm not going to be, this isn't a way to like blast my community because I know that it is actually really forward thinking and progressive, but it's also, of course, we just want to highlight that there are things to work on. Absolutely. So I live in a community in North Carolina where um, I work at the university. My sister goes to the same university, and I do a lot of autism work there. Very well-known community in autism. Lots of families come here to get services from Teach and other places within the triangle. So I'm going to label my community because I'm sure you all figure it out at some point if you get to know me. You know I live in North Carolina in the Research Triangle area. So the university I work at, I also taught a course specifically on autism. And I'm so thankful that I got to teach this with other graduate students, and it has since sparked lots of interest from many other students at the school. So it's been continued on. The torch has been passed on, and it's been taught for several semesters at this point. So there is an autism course at this university now that we were at yesterday. But I just want to say that there is like some autism outreach going on here, but there's still a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things to do. So. My sister is a member of this glee club. She took a class this semester, and that's kind of like your involvement in this women's glee club, which was awesome for her. I, got, I was so excited to see her be a part of this experience again. She loves singing. She always loves singing, and she didn't get to do it after high school. So this was such a great way for her to get back into it again and sing with a group of people and be a part of a club that she was really into. And they had been meeting every day, not every day, <laughs> meeting every week across the semester and preparing for their big concert, which was yesterday. And it was also with the men's glee club too. So it was kind of like a partnership there and they had this whole concert in the afternoon, kind of just as a way to celebrate the end of the semester, something they're all working towards. And my whole family came up from Charlotte for the day to come see the concert, which is really cool. Um, this is something that's actually been really new within the past couple of years is us, both my brothers are grown up and um, are at the point where they can go to events like this and we know that they will like it too. That help is a big help too. Um, Cause recently they were just getting, Tyler's been getting into hockey. So he goes to see hockey games with my dad now. And my dad brought both my brothers just by himself one time and he and her hung out for a bit and ate some food. Usually nowadays we can get my brothers hooked on something. If there's some really good food there and if we bring 
sometimes an iPhone and some music. Then once they get start to get lose interest towards the end, we they can still stay with us. They um, Tanner sometimes can elope or leave, and Tyler sometimes will get very frustrated and have a meltdown. So we have strategies in place now and um, have learned over time what will work and what activities are a way for and what activities they can and will want to go to and that they'll stick with and that we'll feel comfortable going to as a whole family. So this Glee Club concert felt like it was one of those things. Both my brothers love music, uh, even classical music, which is something we realized upon seeing the program for this concert is there's a lot of classical music on this list, which was awesome because my brothers actually really love classical music, especially Tanner. He can actually be a little bit more uh, selective in the music he listens to. He will outright tell you if he doesn't like a song. That's what I mean by that. And... Uh, so we were like, oh, yes, this will be great. They're going to love this music. And we were all ready to go in. We went in as a family. We got some really good seats. Um, we tried to also be really proactive of where we are seating, sitting so we can have an easy exit just in case. And um, we also know that my brothers also frequently need to use the bathroom because they are very hydrated. And when we do trips, they drink a lot of soda. It just happens <laughs> that way. And so we were kind of not in the best spot, though. I think our couple did get sit next to us. It was kind of the seating was kind of like a theater. So we had a spot where it was there was a walking space behind us. So no one was directly behind us, but there were seats in front of us and seats to the right. And someone did sit down to the right of us. And then a group of people did sit in front of us. So. We were set to go. The boys were excited. Tyler had his program. He likes to go through the program like it's a checklist. And he's like, all right, here's the first song. Let's do this. Tanner was interested, too, because he saw the pianos on stage. And he's like, yeah, this is so cool. Let's see what's going on. And then the music started. And so the first group actually was the Men's Glee Club. My sister's the w in the Women's Glee Club, and they were in the second half. So the first one was the Men's Glee Club, and they started out with very, very quiet songs. Just a very quiet concert. Probably the most, like, the quietest concert I've ever been to. Um, yeah, so it was just everyone sitting in this theater-type seating and just watching the show. And there was some musical accompaniment, I can't say that word, accompaniment, some music paired with it. There was the piano, but it was like one of those old school pianos, I forget the name of it, but they're like the ones when you think of historic period pieces on in movies, it's like those older, higher pitched pianos. So that was going, but it was also very quiet. It's just a very quiet first few songs, and we were like, oh no. And for those of you listening right now, I bet you can kind of guess where we're going with this. I bet you can figure out what probably wasn't a good fit here with it being so quiet is that, well, my, everyone could hear my brothers. <laughs> and then we, they could also hear my brothers get a little bit upset and kind of impatient with the music. So we were like, ooh, doesn't seem like they're really enjoying this right now, but let's see if they 
like things pick up in later songs. We we're kind of just willing to try things out. But with it being so quiet in there, um, people actually started just turning around and like looking at us and giving looks. And you could even hear though, you can even, it was literally so quiet that a man, that the man in a couple of rows in front of us, he was taking pictures with his camera and you can hear his camera phone click, click, click every time he took a photo. And it was so loud. And I noticed that. I'm sure everyone else noticed that too. They were noticing my brothers talking. Um, so that was kind of giving you an idea of how quiet it was in this room during a performance. And then it got to the point where, uh, so we were able to get my brothers checking out the phones and listening to music on Spotify with some earphones, so we seemed pretty set. But every now and then Tyler would get into a song and start kind of like scripting parts of the song, and Tanner would occasionally just script suddenly uh, from his movie or whatever video he was watching. And then these two ladies in front of us turned around and shushed us. They straight up turned around and said, shh, we're watching this play. I was like, it's not even a play. I didn't say that out loud, but I did give them a look. And yeah, I was pretty proud of myself for giving a look because then they quickly turned around and that was it from them. But I'm glad that actually we kind of ended things there because then Tyler was like, bathroom please very very loud and he was ready to go that's also his signal that he's ready to go but probably may have needed to use the restroom too so he was up with my dad and then Tanner turned over to me and I was like do you want to go too and he's like yes please get me out of here he literally said those lines so I brought him out too and yeah my dad took Tyler to the restroom came back and we all kind of like met in the front arch area or atrium area my mom was still the only one of us left at our seats and it just kind of came to this moment where everything was building up to this point and my brothers definitely didn't seem very interested in going back inside I mean they probably would have been interested in trying it again they seemed to be in good enough of a mood and liking the concert just enough to stick around and go back to their seats but we, my dad and I kind of just made the decision right there that one of us would stay with my brothers for the rest of the concert. So he, I decided to stay with them so he could go back in and sit with my mom because it seemed like my mom really just wanted him to come back and that she asked me if I could go take care of my brothers like very quickly on my way out with Tanner. So that's what happened. I'm still kind of really shook by those ladies turning around to like shush a grown adult like a grown set of adults behind them like it just seems so bizarre to me like would you just like a grown adult or people that are not your children at a concert when you know that you can hear behind you that they're working through something like my goodness um but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother point of discussion but um what even is so i you would think I would have to end the story. You would think I'd be ending the story right here, but no. <laughs> so I spent the rest of about hour and a half with the rest of my brothers. This concert was from 3 to 4.30. We lasted about 10-ish minutes, maybe 12 to 15. 
can remember what time we actually left, but we had almost basically an hour and a half because the concert, of course, would go long as expected, as sometimes these events do. So my brothers and I roamed around campus for a bit and went to some uh, some spots that I knew that I would really enjoy, some things that were a little bit quieter, away from crowds, because I also noticed it was admitted students weekend, which I'm like, oh my goodness, so this is, there's going to be a lot of extra people on campus as in compared to like a regular Sunday afternoon. It was also a really warm day, one of the first warm and sunny days that we've had in a really long time in North Carolina, so that says a lot when it's April. I know a lot of you in the North and Midwest and elsewhere may be thinking, wow, <laughs> North Carolina must have it really hard when it comes to weather. But anyway, so we were out and there were a lot of people around us. And what tends to happen is I've noticed this too, whenever we're walking around the mall and other the mall and other spaces is that people do look at us, sometimes stare at us, especially when Tanner is like walking in front of us and he is full on scripting lines from Back to the Future and other movies, saying some lines that are kind of inappropriate. We're working on that, but he does cuss sometimes. So we're, it's, you know, those YouTube videos and he's scripting from them. So yeah, and he's also doing a lot of big movements and he's kind of a taller guy now. It seems like he's just kind of shot up in the past couple of years. We're still getting used to him being taller than the rest of us. He's only like 5'9", 5'10 now, but he's really tall. We're so used to him being the baby. But So he was kind of doing this when we were walking towards, I decided to go to student stores. We made the choice, I gave the choice to my brothers about which place they would like to go and get sodas at and check out, and they chose student stores because they really just wanted to get sodas there, and I knew there was a great spot that they have, kind of like an overlook area where there are like these really nice rocking benches. My brothers love those, so we went over that way, and lots of stairs, like lots of gaping stairs too, and people like kind of turning away from us when we were walking over, which was something I was not expecting when I was walking around my campus. I went to this school too, and I currently work here, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a lot. And then we get to student stores, we pick out our sodas and our snacks. Both brothers chose Cheez-Its and Goldfish crackers, and then we went to the counter, and Tyler likes to help a lot with the money, counting out the money, and putting the card in if he ever gets the chance to. So that's what he did with my card. He put it in, took care of everything. But he also is, he has a lot of delayed, not delayed, immediate echolalic speech. So he will directly speak back to whoever is speaking with him, especially in uh, situations where he doesn't know the person. So he didn't know the cash year he didn't know the cashier at the student store so he was repeating back everything back to him but this cashier was like staring at him and then promptly other people were staring around him at him. promptly well and this cashier has a few other people around him who were like staring at Tyler and was like thank you for your help like I was extra expressive and be like we're gonna be good here you are gonna be good here I was trying to model good social skills here and like thanking Tyler for his help and all of that stuff I was like because sometimes I'll do that with different 
people at different retail spots or different places around the community and they kind of like can pick up pretty quickly like how to talk to my brothers then in that type of situation because um, we actually have like a really really neat community around us now because my brothers have been going to the same places for years now like the McDonald's and now the, there's this particular Dairy Queen that they like love my brothers there so they have such great interactions with them there but I'm just so shook <laughs> I'll say that term shook here by just like the lack of support here and the lack of positive social interaction here I was like my goodness like I know we talk a lot about social skills for autistic people but I think we should work on social skills for neurotypical folks too about how to interact with people who are different from you that's I think that's a huge piece that is overlooked when we talk about autism awareness and acceptance too so that's actually something that's come up quite a bit for coaching at one school I've been working at and thinking about ways to support students when they're in like these lunch lunch situations or working on social skills together it's like thinking about all of course thinking of including students that are a bit more empathetic and have more positive social skills but also working with them to build their social skills and working with students who are different from them and have different speech and communication patterns than them and talk differently from them have different interests from them like we need to learn those skills as a community and especially as kids growing up and modeling that skill in front of them to the point when they are finally like in college and being a cashier at a student store or whatever location you are on your campus and you come across someone on the spectrum or with special needs or who someone's neurodiverse uh you know what to do in that situation come on i know i'm not giving like i know this seems like a lot and i know this is I have given disclaimers about this being kind of like a tricky situation, but I think this is definitely something we should delve into a bit more. I'm not naming names here. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to like bring somebody down and cancel things, but I'm just here to get a conversation going, this discussion that I think gets overlooked in this month. Like I love celebrating autism this month. I love this community. I love my brothers. I love the families I work with and I want them to feel supported and included in their communities and for them to do that, to feel that way, we need to have these conversations with people who are not like that, who have not had these experiences whatsoever. So that is kind of what happened yesterday. I gave you a quick recap of that and my, gen my general feelings on this and the overall theme of course being that we need to have more conversations like this but yeah so I don't really have any action steps from here but I do have questions for you if you can write back to me either if you're looking at this on my website autismgrownup.com slash podcast there's kind of like a post for this podcast episode if you want to comment there if you want to get in contact with me via email that would be great too it's hello at autismgrownup.com or you can contact me via any social media account out there i'm on instagram twitter lots of different places but facebook too 
Um, I don't know why I forgot Facebook, but I'm there. And I think I'd be curious what you have done in these type of situations. Is there a script that you've had to kind of have in your back pocket whenever you come across someone who is just completely uncomfortable or just really rude to your child or to you as an autistic adult or to your family members and your family what have you done as we've come across these situations so many times over the past I mean over my brother's lives entirely really I have so many stories about that especially growing up that was like when autism wasn't really didn't have such a high prevalence rate is we really as a family have seen lots of shifts in discussion and people being more friendly in public especially in our local community I think we've gotten a bit used to that but of course it's not always perfect right but my point is that this still this kind of thing still happens time to time even in communities where is a college campus and this one is particularly noted in being in inclusive and open-minded especially in regards to such a high volume and autism research and practice and a large number of autism professionals living in this area it just you know kind of goes to show that there is still a bit of work to do I used to even have I just do think back to things and I think I may delve into this in future episodes of just kind of like how do you I think I would, if you're interested in, of course, talk to me a little bit more about this, but if you do want to hear, let me know also if you do want to hear more episodes about how to have these conversations, and I'm not perfect at these either, as you can tell, I'm still learning too, we all are still learning, because that's just the nature of working with people, and being in, being a a human, But ultimately, how do we get people who are not familiar with autism to become familiar, aka aware, but I think familiar is probably the better term for it. Be happy to get into those. And actually on Wednesday, I have a whole episode about, this is actually a blog post I previously written about getting into shifting autism awareness to autism acceptance. So uh, I have a lot of ideas in there about actionable steps. So that is just the scope of this episode. I'd be curious to learn more about your experiences. This has actually been a little tricky as I've been going through this episode and really sharing this because this is tough. I don't really share these situations with many people even with a lot of my friends, and I think I'm grateful that I do have this platform to do that, and I hope this gets the word out there to many different professionals as well and many different families because I think even us within the autism community can be so circled in to our own experiences with autism and others around us that helps for us to also see how others on the spectrum are treated too because they are different. Into for us to all be aware of others' experiences when it comes to this kind of thing. Because, yeah, I guess it just all goes back to autism awareness and thinking about next steps. I will let you go then. I will talk to you all on Thursday.
thank you so much for listening. For show notes, resources from this episode, and more free help with autism and growing up, head over to our website at autismgrownup.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, help others find us by leaving a review on the Apple Podcasts app or by sharing the show with a friend. We'll be back soon with even more autism grown-up topics. one more thing. I've got a free course that I think you'll be really interested in and absolutely love. That's right, I said free. This course is all about autism growing up and will answer your questions all about this area. Whether it's about working on independent living skills or getting a job, we've got some guides, curated blog reading lists, and podcast episodes, as well as downloadable tools that you can use. And it's free. I compiled this because I know that you have questions for the autistic child, teen, or adult in your life, and this is the best place to start. You can check it out on autismgrownup.com and click the free course tab to sign up. I will see you there.